Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally waiting for you. Uh, well, that's not our rhythm. You go first. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. And I'm your other host, Daniel Culver. And today's episode is brought to you by Filson since 1897. That's the date. <laughs> um, how are you, Caleb Porzio? I'm really well. How are you, Daniel Colborn? I'm doing good. I see you're wearing the shirt that inspired the original Livewire logo. Yes, I am. Disney World. That's right. Walt Disney. Walt Disney World. That's mm. it. Yeah, actually, that's funny. So Hannah is always trying to get me to want Disney shirts, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So she like uh, so hopefully Hannah's mom does not listen to this podcast, because mm-hmm. this is risky. She does yeah. not, and I know she doesn't, but still, like, risky but she's business, she's so proud man. of her son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she'd ever listen to this. Let's hope she never listen to this. One of her sons might, and that's uh, less risky, because they would understand. Anyway, she buys they me would, Disney shirts. Cover for you. Well, yeah, they would be laughing along with me because they get the same thing done to them. I get Disney shirts gifted to me for my birthday and for Christmas, like mm. two each time, one to two. Wow. And I never. That's two. That's four a year. Yeah. Which adds up as the years go by. <laughs> well, years being Hannah what they are. Hannah and I are going on like seven or eight years together or something. Yeah. So that's like add up the shirts, man. Yeah, I mean, like the wheel in the sky keeps on turning, you know? Yeah, so, so yeah, so that that's the life. Anyway, This, where am I going with this? I'm going that Hannah has attempted to buy me a Disney shirt. She knows that I wouldn't, I'm not the guy who wears a Disney shirt. Yeah, and because uh, she sees you every day. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Well, so she gets me this like super subtle shirt. It's a black shirt with really light, oh, it's a dark gray shirt with black lettering that just says like i use antlers in all of my decorating like gaston you know mm-hmm. and so it's she's perfect she's like this is she knew that it, it would be good for me because it's a really nice shirt you it's can subtle you can barely even read it let alone tell it's disney and if you yep. did it's still like gaston which is funny yeah so so it's i approved and i like it and uh-huh. uh uh so anyway so this disney shirt i realized that i was like oh hannah i realized like i could do her the service of wanting a disney shirt I was like, Hannah, this shirt, the shirt that I duplicated basically for the first Livewire logo, which is baller. If anybody remembers that, that like really cool looking, like retro layered color. 70s rainbow 3D. Yeah. And I've got, I mean, you know that, but like I saw the shirt and immediately it was like, I'm in love with this. I will use this someday when I create something and I created Livewire and I used it. Anyway, this is, this is going on and on. I gave her permission to buy me the shirt basically. Like I was like, mm-hmm. like I want this shirt. I put leash. in the order. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, of course, like she wanted to make sure that, that it, that she got it like from main street in Disney world. So it was like from the Holy land, you know, and not just like bought mm-hmm. online. Uh-huh. Cause it's like my one shirt. Yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. You can't just, you know, it's very different. I don't know what inshallah means. Uh, it's like if God wills it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, that's uh that's the story behind the shirt. Oh, and yesterday was Disney Trivia Night, and I didn't change my shirt, so I wear this shirt during Disney Trivia Night. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because um, it's my Disney well, shirt. Well, cool, man. Yeah, man. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing just fine. Are you? Yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing just fine. Um, the uh, Are you? Have you, ever, have you ever met, like, a person who does that? What, who, like, peers in your soul too early? 
What? No, oh. no. Someone who just, <laughs> someone who does the thing I did, which is just saying, oh, well, yeah, we're doing just fine. End of conversation. Like, no further information will be provided. Like, it's, you know, okay. So, like, a conversation, Caleb, I don't know if you've ever had one. Um, a conversation on this show. takes work, right? And the work yes. that it takes is just a, you know, what you want to do is when someone says something, you want to respond in a way that opens them up to say something else, right? You want to, uh, you never want to close the conversation with your contribution to the conversation. It's a game of hot potato, yes, right? Yes, Where you pass the conversational baton back and forth in an inviting way that invites the other participant in the conversation to carry that baton for oh, a little bit yeah, and then yeah. hand it back, right? right? Yeah. And there are some people who you hand them the conversational baton and they just like put it in their pocket and look at <laughs> That's a great way of putting you know? it. There's some people who take the conversational baton and just twirl it for two hours. Yeah, uh, start twirling. <laughs> yeah, those people, you know, if I'm more like those people than I am like the pocket people. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I've met some people in my life who just are like... just put it in their pocket. Yeah, it's like you, oh, you, man. you open a conversation with like a traditional conversational opener. Right. It's like, and they just hey, man, how you been? How's everything been oh, going? Really well. Yeah. Uh, we're just fine. <laughs> a conversational black hole. Of right. Life. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I, I guess I'll just uh, go meet someone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I've been there. That, yeah, it's rough. I got a tidbit for you, D. Cole. Yeah, tidbit. My dad and I were mm-hmm. in his backyard. Big guy. Big guy. Yeah, big guy. Yeah. How do you know big guy? <laughs> I've met him. <laughs> Yeah, big guy. So I was in big guy's backyard and uh-huh. he's showing me, oh, this new fence he built and, uh-huh. uh, and it looks really good, but these posts are sticking out of it and they're really ugly looking. So I'm like, uh-huh. what's up with those posts? And he's like, oh, I kind of like it. He should tell, told me his vision for it. He's like, I'm going to hang like a birdhouse out. Like most people would cut these posts off. Not hang my a lantern dad. on it. So what did I say? It's like, oh, you're going to hang a lantern on it. And he's like, I don't even know what he said, but. You know, he probably did the thing you're not supposed to. Or he's like, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and I'm like, to get the reference. do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what I mean. And uh, so I told him that, that uh, I told him the reference. I explained the whole thing. Um, and he didn't listen to that episode. He just stopped driving because of coronavirus. He used to drive all the time for work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, I stopped driving. I haven't listened to the, the podcast in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I told him about that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, okay you he's like i listen he's like you're he's like daniel is what forget he he thinks you're super smart he's like Mm. and he he's like he just thinks you're cool he he you remind him of another friend that i had in high school he's Mm -hmm. like he's just like this guy the kazoozles guy Yeah, yeah yeah um who we this is like one of those stories that we should cover in our backlog of stories me and the kazoozles guy i don't know if we covered this but we stole like 50 mac laptops from our high school and like we like drove like in to the back and stole them and uh, that's a fun story for some time for like yeah because it's like a very geeky story my parents in my parents basement there's like 20 clamshell like macbooks were they discarded or did you just like steal them out of inventory no they were half discarded they were old but they were like packaged up like ready to be shipped to their grave at like i don't know uh-huh. probably some inner city school or something <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know <laughs> whatever anyway story for another time um he 
the point of this all he's like uh he said he said that he's like daniel he's like i get i get a lot of what daniel says but he's like you get like none of it he's like he's like i'm always like losing i'm like hey come on how could you not know that (laughs) he said all the time which i thought was hilarious that my dad's listening to that like disappointed in me that he's like come on you didn't know that reference come on i feel like i'm missing a lot of references over here yeah um because you know i i didn't have a i didn't have an american childhood in the 90s mm. um yeah that's so I true missed, when like, i dropped spongebob you're oh do anything on, like anything on nickelodeon yeah. i got nothing <laughs> uh anything yeah there's a lot of like m- holes in my knowledge right yeah and like there's like we came back every couple years so like i experienced like bits and pieces of that pop culture like through my cousins or like friends or whatever yeah um and so there's like bits of it, like Good Burger, like I, Good Burger, I remember being a specific moment that I experienced where I was like, oh yeah, welcome to Good Burger, home of a Good Burger, may I take Can your I order? Take your order? Yeah. But like the two years before and after Good Burger, I have no context for. Yeah. What everyone else was experiencing on, on TV and stuff. So you just know, I mean, I think he says like, I don't know if he says, but I think he says like, it's like he's like, Daniel's like an old man. I am like like Daniel like knows like everything from (laughs) I'm very much like an old man. Yeah. And my dad is like he's been reading the newspaper every day forever and Mm -hmm. he's just like plugged in, you know? Like he he watches stuff, he listens to stuff, he knows stuff. He's always been the reference guy. Just for a big guy, I'm gonna try and work in a Spiro Agnew reference sometime soon. (laughs) Okay, don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But um Thank you for admitting that. But that um, sounds good. Sounds good to him. So yeah, <laughs> sounds good to all of us. Yep. Uh uh uh. Mm-mm. So uh, what what's your week looking like these days? I do whatever I want. Yeah, that sounds pretty dope. I do whatever I want. Yeah. My dad is switching Even- jobs. While we're on the topic of the big guy, oh, yeah? he's switching jobs and uh, he has the week off, and he's like, "Hey, I want to go fishing with you sometime this week." And I was Great. like, "Sweet." So yesterday. Just I'm went like fishing with man. him for. I'm an old man. You're the one who's <laughs> becoming like a fly fisherman. It was great though. He's not a fisherman. Yeah. I strapped him on some waders and uh, yeah, yeah. showed him how to cast oh, yeah. a pole in a in a river. It was awesome. Yeah. Well. He, so yeah, that was like half my down. day yesterday. He's just down. That's the vibe I get about about uh, big, big guy. You're about to call him old guy. That's offensive, Jekyll. <laughs> well, he called me an old guy. This is the thing about big guy. <laughs> big guy is better friends with like most of my friends, and he he's down all the time, like for anything. Like I'm yeah. not. I got stuff to do. You know. Yeah. Like he you're, is just you're like you're like. Don't you dumb. dare share your screen with me. <laughs> yes, exactly. But my dad, he'd be like, you could any one of my friends, and they would do this because literally most of them are better friends with him now. Call him up and be like, "Big guy, you want to go? Uh, you want to go to Wegmans and buy ingredients for like uh, I don't know some like meal that they? Oh, oh, I'm there. You know, he just is. He's that guy." He's always down for the adventure. Always. That's great. Yeah. That sounds awesome. We used to get in cars growing up. He he would call these uh, adventures. We would get in the car, and oh, we he w- called them that. Yeah, it, it was like a brand. It was like adventures. TM. And we'd be like, "Can we go on an adventure?" It's funny when I say that. This is like childhood stuff here. We and- had surprises, but I'll tell you about <laughs> All right. So we would get in the car, and it was up to us. He would just. We, it, the rule was you can't spend any money. You can't know where you're going and you can just say left, right or center when you get to an intersection. So we would just do that. 
and, uh, and end great, up somewhere. And then like, yeah. And there was no, you know, so anyway, wh- what are surprises, Dekel? Well, surprises were uh, less uh, unstructured than that. Very structured. You know, I, my father is a very structured man. Uh, okay, he, yeah. I've met your dad and he seems that way. He's a very organized and structured man. Um, he was just here and we were discussing uh, the... Pacific Rim economy? A, no, no, no. Still a tad the, shaky uh, for his taste? <laughs> I don't get the reference. It's too weak. The... Uh, <laughs> But that would be a thing that you could theoretically discuss. Um, but no, there was like a, a whitewater rafting trip um, that was an excuse for my parents to meet like all of their kids, like uh, serious significant others. Right? Mm, so like yeah, my yeah. parents came back from Japan right. and me and my sisters all had significant others who yeah. hadn't been met by the parents yet. These are problems that like are so foreign to me or like yeah. things that because the families that have, you know, distance. Yeah. yeah. Distance. That's crazy. Go on. And so they, uh, they rolled into Baltimore and it was like, okay, we got to meet all these people. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, we don't want to do it in a way where like, we're just going to like sit down and stare at them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like let's <laughs> let's go whitewater rafting as a That's family. That's awesome, right? With all the significant others that you know, I've looked at how many seats are in a raft. It seems like it could support this, you know. So let's let's pull it off. And uh, anyway, my dad called me, you know, probably like six weeks ahead of time, and goes, "Hey, so uh, we're you know doing this, gonna, thinking about doing this whitewater rafting trip. How do you feel about that?" I'm like, sounds great. Sounds like a fun time. It's like, great. What time would be good for us to pick you up? We're thinking maybe 11, 11, 15. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. He's like, which one? <laughs> I was like, That's I was awesome. Like, and so anyway. That is forget, awesome. That's like a punchline right there. Like 11, 11, 15. Yeah, go yeah. on there. Yeah. So which one? <laughs> so what and are you so thinking? Like, we nailed down the times and everything. And then like, I remember getting into the car when they came to pick us up and my dad on the like on the dashboard like sort of behind the steering wheel like by the odometer and stuff he had like a little index card on which he had written a schedule and it was like like 10 to 10:45 pick up mary you know uh 10:45 to 11:15 drive to daniel's house 11 <laughs> and it was like it was like oh man like so when I told you like to 11 versus 11, 15, like that was written down on this card and like turned into a structure that is now being executed perfectly. Wow. Um, yeah. That's great. But, uh, anyway, surprises were, um, so my parents are missionaries, right? We're very Christian household. Right. And uh, we, uh, there was like, you, you were like the children's catechism. No. You're, catechism you're, is one of those words that sounds like really like uh like something from harry potter which yeah. tells what's like to me it's like a catholic thing because like the catholics sure, have the all catholics like the, have catechism as well yeah um but basically it's, it's the school like, for priests no 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 catechism is like a set of beliefs oh right? so it's like a it's like a concise okay like if you were writing a if you were writing like a the live wire philosophy yeah. page for the docs. Right. Um, this would be the place that would be your catechism. 
Gotcha. Okay. Right. It's like your statement of beliefs and like what you believe about what. Okay. And like all the positions you're taking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so in like different sort of denominations of Christianity, there's different sort of beliefs and sure. uh, within sort of reformed Presbyterian circles, uh, the Westminster Catechism is like the the OG Catechism, right? Okay. Um, and there's something called the Children's Catechism, which is like a series of questions that it's like question and answer, right? Okay. So it's like, who made you? God. What else did God make? God made everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then who made like, God? Mind blow. Catechism falls yeah. apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catechism remixed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why is there evil in the world? Uh, uh, <laughs> Catechism gone wrong. <laughs> the problem of evil is question three. <laughs> Why do bad things happen to good people? No! <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh! Um, but uh, but anyway, um, so we all of us learned the answers to these questions over time right yeah so it was like starting at a young age like they'd start you with like who made you god what else did god make god made everything and there's like 150 of these questions and they all have like simple one or two sentence answers yep right um and there were like markers I think for like 50 questions, 100 questions, 150 questions, Mm -hmm. there was like markers. And when you achieved these markers, you got a surprise. Um, Oh. And uh, so there's like more than 150 questions in this thing. I think there, my recollection is that there's like 150 exactly. Holy crap. Um, And so this is a multi year project. Yeah. Like, I think I've. Finally, I got my final surprise, I think, when I was probably like 12 or something like that. And we started learning them when we were like seven, six or seven. Because, huh. um, you know, the first couple of years, you, you don't know, you don't, you're not that smart. You can't you remember these things that good. Yeah. Intelligence. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so surprise could be anything from like a trip to Disneyland was pretty common because it was like. But it was like we lived in the same town. As oh, Disney. right, right. So it right, wasn't right. like it wasn't <laughs> flying. Like, Holy crap! But it would be like a day I was at thinking Disneyland. like a like an eraser on a pencil or something. Go on. It was like a day at Disneyland or like yeah, a solid. camping trip, you know, or something of that nature. It was like a big special thing just for you that wouldn't normally happen. Cool, just for you. Yeah, you know. Um, but it was oriented around like this memorization challenge. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, I was just, I literally was just thinking about verse memorization uh-huh. and how like there's this whole slew of things that, you know, Christians do in any religion, I imagine, that like, you know, seems totally normal when you're in youth group or you're out at like a camp out, like our like right. our scouts thing, we'd uh-huh. have these like camperamas. It's like this competition of all the local like church scout things. Sure, Com- sure. They're awesome. There's like hatchet throwing, knot tying, like fire building, super awesome. Then there's the verse related ones. There's like usually a Bible quiz on like a certain like book or like story or something. Yeah. And there's the verse. What's that? I aced those. Really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I did all right. I did pretty good. Yeah. 
um, and the verse memorization. And, you know, when you're in this, it's like, this makes total sense. Like you're, you know, my, and they, oftentimes they would mix them with like a relay. So you'd have mm-hmm. to like, you know. There's a physical component. Yeah, right. So you'd be like, you like build a fire as fast as you can. And then you use like a compass to like get to some location. And then you recite like three verses and then yeah. you run it, right? And I was just thinking, if you look at it from like, let's say that it was like um, some ex- extreme religion or some extreme belief system sure. that did this exact same thing. Whatever, and you Scientology. saw like these young guys yeah. like, like running up and like out of breath and being like the, yeah, I don't want to offend anybody who's not uh, Christian, but let's just go with it. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't even like, you know, well, he's there. Scientology, book. right? Cause I don't care about offending but Scientology. I wish I could like, show. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could like quote something as like, um, uh, esoteric as yeah, well, it, like a Christian like, Bible verse, but like it's like you you make a campfire and then you run up and then they're like, how many thetans are in the average alien? And then they're like, <laughs> and then you, you say like three. the average alien has three hundred and forty seven million right. thetans. Yep, yep. And then you go meet for pizza in the the dining hall. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, it's just man, funny. you did so good on the thetan question. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's no, great. it is funny. It is funny. The things that feel totally normal when when you don't. Oh, I was at so I was at my father in law's house the other day, mm-hmm. and he's a missionary as well. Her Hannah's whole family missionaries, and um, and he has uh, he had this box of like Christian supplies, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it said that sounds like that sounds like. Uh, <laughs> Do you ever read the graphic novel or see the TV show Preacher? No. Okay, it's it's basically like it's like a graphic novel um and the guy is it's you know it's very supernatural and sort of loosely based on like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? Um but the main character is a preacher mm-hmm. and he's always like fighting, you know, demons and stuff. I used to watch Bible um, Man, not Preacher. Yeah, no, this is much gorier. <laughs> Did you ever watch Bible Man? This is much bloodier. I'm aware of Bible okay, Man. I you think didn't I've watch seen it. Though? I think oh, I've seen it. He had yeah. a lightsaber. Um <laughs> But uh, Preacher seems like a guy who would have had a box of Christian supplies that he used to, like, kill demons or something. Got it. Similar concept. I forget what it Vampire was. Vampire Hunter I, I, or whatever. It's like, I think it was like, let's just pretend it was Christian supplies, but something like that. And this is one of those things that, like, I almost said this to him. I didn't yeah. know how he would take it, though. Yeah. But I think he'd be fine with it. But just as, like, an exercise, because when I see that, I'm like, just as an exercise, replace the word Christian with, like, Muslim. Mm-hmm. Or something Muslim like supplies. that. Yeah. yeah. And you read it and you're like, what in the world? <laughs> all, all, all of a sudden that guy gets real uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You're like, a huge box of Muslim supplies. I don't know. I, just, I forget the actual word on the box, but I, I really thought about like, and he might've been fine with it. He might've been like, yeah, it does sound funny when you, you know, when you yeah, yeah. use another religion. Well, anyway. here's the thing. Here's my, here's my thing. I am glad everyone grew up in such weird ass ways. It just it just adds texture, you know. Yeah. Because if we all had the same experiences and we all knew about Nickelodeon, um, that's true. Then there would be so much less. You texture. know Nickelodeon? I don't know. We w- we wouldn't get to have these cool conversations where we explain things from our childhood to each other. It's true. It does add texture. It has texture. I like that. Yeah, that's a good metaphor. Is that a metaphor? That's a word. Yeah, that's okay. a good word. Oh, texture. Yeah, yeah, word. Right. Yep. Good yep. word. Good word. Good. Mm-hmm. good the good yeah. word. Yeah. Two syllabler. Uh huh. Yep. Uh-huh. The good book. Huh. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about form requests? 
No. <laughs> I know you don't, but let's do it anyway. Yeah, let's do it. But I, I just want to say... Yeah, let's talk about former crests. Okay. I feel like you got a thing to say. No, I no. I want to talk about former crests. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you think better of something just now? No, I was just like I ref- no, I just want to talk about former crests, please, Nicole. <laughs> okay. Um so former requests. So we have a Telegram channel. Yes, with, we do. Uh our our friends uh from the other podcast. Uh Yes, we do. The uh North Meets South podcast um and the lair the uh laravel news podcast right uh, but uh in that we had a little discussion about form requests recently and this came at a time where uh my boss chris who's listening to this right now refactored Hi, refactored my pr to include form requests ah. um so this is funny man this is I want really to talk funny. about form requests. <laughs> I think I, I don't. We need to attack this from an interesting angle, though. I have one. Okay. Um, this is a specific angle, right? Okay. So, say you have a bunch of data coming in to your form request, right? Yeah. Um, and you need to massage it in a certain way. Here's an example that is a real life example. Um. The form is going to give you a YouTube URL, and then you need to parse that YouTube URL, pull out the ID, and just store the YouTube ID. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so that's going to get stored. That that data massaging is going to happen in your form request, right? Yeah, okay. Then you've got a second piece of data massaging, which is the form is going to send you a list of category IDs. Yeah. Right? And then you need to go look up those categories and then save a many-to-many relationship. Okay. Right? Yeah. What what does that look like? Where do you do that work? In a form request land, right? Assuming you're going to have a form request, right? Which is a big lift. But assuming there is a form request, hmm. what what of that work do you do in the controller and what of that work do you do in the form request? I would do everything in the controller and just have the validation in the form request. Just the validation in the form request. Yeah. Okay. So then the, so then you get the validated data out of the form request, mm-hmm. right? And then what do you? Then I would do? parse so you have, the YouTube URL and I would grab the category IDs. Um. So you have to. So say what we're creating here is webinars and webinar categories. Okay. Right. So you get the validated data from the form and then do you just pass request only into mm. your webinar create and then Yep. Okay. Um so one of the here's another sort of little piece of information, right? The data coming in for the categories is like formatted all weird. Um and it there's like a chunk of code that needs to happen to like format. Okay. It, and you're wondering it if you do be. it in the form request or in the controller. Well, it needs to be in a separate method, okay. right? It's enough code and it's going to sure. be used in, in both the store and update method. Yep. Right? Yeah. All of this stuff happens both in store and update. Okay. Right? Okay. So just leaving the raw code inside the store method doesn't seem like an option. Okay. Right? Because I'm, I'm going to do it twice. I don't want to edit it in two places. Yeah. So I'm going to extract it to a method. Now, okay. is that a protected method on the controller or is that... A method on the validator. 
Interesting. Or, or do quest. it in the former quest, yeah. Because like now that I'm extracting it anyway, I could kind of go either way. Oh, oh, I don't know, man. You seem so bored by this question. I am super bored by this question. See, the premise is that, well, here, <laughs> here's why I'm bored. Bored because it's a question of where do you do the work? The work has to be done. I don't know. I don't know. D. Cole, let, let me think about what I... Forget we talked about form request. What would I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would validate the incoming data. Mm -hmm. And if I had some bit of logic I reused, I would think, should I put this in a protected method in the controller to share between two methods? Mm -hmm. If I think that it's a little bit more domain-y, I might put it inside of a model. Probably the one and, and like name it like, you know, what it does. And then use that method to format that data. Yeah. I'm anti-form request. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to approve a form request or to like think about why it's best to be on a form request because I'm tainted. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. This does feel like a good place for form requests, though. Yeah, you're saying, like, the form request object, it, like, if the concern is taking data from a request and turning it into something usable by your application, the form request is a perfect place to do it, at the boundary. Yeah. Well, and also, but I'm interested in this thing where it's like there's a form that has data about the main model, right? Like, we're on the webinar's create page. Yeah. Right? So we have all this direct first party data about the webinar like the title and the description and blah 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 yeah. right yeah but then we also have some secondary relationship data getting passed in the same form yeah right like uh yeah the category id things whatever some of its category ids some of its data some relationship about new thing, yeah. categories that need to be created okay you know whatever um and that data separating it from the request in the form request is kind of appealing, right? Because then you can say like, you can say request validated and that's the main webinar data. Mm -hmm. And then you can do like request validated category data and that's your category data, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, interesting. but yeah, it, it's just an interesting line of demarcation. I think we ended up deciding to move most of that work into the controller um, and just keep mostly validation and like the YouTube ID stripping stuff mm -hmm. in the form yeah. request. The more in the controller in terms of like that type of work, the better. Yeah. IMHO. Yep. Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, uh, you know, you led with this like telegram story and then, and then the whole thing just got pretty uh, docile, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really anywhere to go from there. Yeah, I feel like there's so many places to go. Couple different mm. talking points on form requests. One, so in this telegram, this is funny. I got in my mode, which mm -hmm. is funny. I'm really interested to hear what you thought when I did this. Because we, you know, it started out as like a friendly, like, I think you were like form requests. And oh, we talked about form requests, right? On the show? Yeah. We briefly touched on it. And then that's oh, what Oh, and then led somebody the, brought it up and was like, you guys don't like form requests. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, whatever. So I just, you know, it was all like friendly. And then I, I ended up like finding myself writing out this like anti-form request manifesto and just hitting send and not even thinking about it. And then um, 
Jake Bennett wrote me back a pro form requests manifesto of equal length and the same amount of bullet points. Yeah. Rebuttaling everything. And like one, I just want to pause and say that I, I had this moment of like, I haven't done this since I left Titan. Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what of we the, did like, at Titan every manifesto day. Manifesto writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I used to do this every day. I used to get I'm like, doing it <laughs> so much right now. Yeah. And it's a it's a weird place to be. A part of me is like, yeah, this is this is what's up. Like hashing out ideas and really like taking a stance and defending it. Yeah. Point by um, point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then another part of me is like, I'm so glad I don't have to do this every day. That's so tiring and distracting. <laughs> like over time it just I'm glad I don't have to do that. Um but anyway, so one, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um but he he is totally right in that like I saw the light for a moment that that like form requests, the best thing form requests have going for them is convention, like which is a pretty garbage way. Like if your only merit of like living of being alive is that you're a convention, it's like a pretty low quality of life. So I pity form requests, but that is the most valid reason to use form requests is that it is a convention and people know to look for it. It's a convention. Here's the thing that form requests have going for them, right? There is a pattern that occurs enough that it's worth putting somewhere and form request is a place to put it yes any pattern that occurs enough eventually gets its own place yeah doesn't mean it should be there doesn't mean it should have its own place but it will get its own place place is necessarily the right type of place for it form requests and they're great in theory the same way that middleware is great in theory. You're like, oh my gosh. Like middleware is one of those things you'd be like, whoa, could my entire application be a series of middleware? Is my entire application a series of middleware? You know, like like you could really push middleware far. And it's one of those things that's right. like, whoa. Or, or like how you can make a whole app with update or create. <laughs> oh, with update or create? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to write any other code. You can just write just update, update or create. create yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. So form form request is one of those things that's like, oh, it's at the boundary of your thing. Like, deal with the request data before it gets in your domain and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, man, like, people look for logic and controllers. Yep. And one of my other big points that I talked about that is like, I hate things that isn't just code calling code. If it's like a dependency injection magically validating and throwing an exception and changing the experience, I want to know about it. I don't want to just have to like peek and see that oh that dependency injection is more than just request it's like create post request or something like that yeah and the reuse thing kind of breaks down when like you think like oh yeah i can reuse this thing between the create and update form but you create an update form diverge enough that you end up having to create different requests or inherit a common request you know what i mean it's like just do the work in the controller make a method make a plain old php object for the small amount of formatting you need to do in those two places and then you know get on with your life hmm you know what I'm saying, D. Cole? I know what you're saying. Um, one of the points you made that was good was like the verticality argument, right? Yeah. The I think that is the one that really strikes a chord with me the most, which is especially having just come from, and well, and I'm still doing it, like developing a game in Livewire, mm-hmm. right? Where it's totally horizontal. Yeah. Everything's horizontal. There's one layer of verticality um yeah and like it's easy peasy let me break this down for people because sure so um, yeah the verticality argument is basically like okay a request comes into my app right and how many layers does it go through 
yeah. before it like does its ultimate. If the effect. request is a bullet, and how many layers of paper does that bullet go through before it hits the metal plate at the back and then bounces back as a response? Exactly. You know. Yep. And the live wire strategy is there's one piece of there's paper. one piece of paper, yeah, and it bounces through that one piece of paper on the way in and back on the way out. Yeah. Um, and it's the same piece of paper for every shot fired. Yeah. Well, and it's like the like you could theoretically have a situation where like a given request comes in, goes through a form request, hits the controller. Uh, you know, back in the bad old days of like the repository pattern, you could go through like a repository, you know, <laughs> hit hit the end, then come back out, then go through a view composer, which is the form requests yeah, ugly yeah, outward yeah. facing <laughs> brother. Yeah. Um then go through a view composer. Or the form or the finally, view object. Yeah, yeah. Before finally like that, but. becoming blade and hitting. Yeah. So to lay the out front. the alternative that like the bullet in this in this uh, dystopian scenario, the bullet goes from web.php to post controller. You know, create. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Yeah, web.php to, to web request or, or to, to the form request. Yeah, to post create post request .php the form request to the method in the controller to the repository then to your model then back through the repository to the controller then into a view composer or a view object into the view into your oh you know what even worse into your uh javascript component or you know we don't have, we don't have to go or fractal through, or <laughs> right? yeah right or your re, your json resource and then out you know yeah so yeah right and i'm a fan of reducing the amounts of paper unless yeah. they really deserve to exist and let's talk about why because this is the thing i was talking to chris about this i love talking to chris about things like this by the way because we like fundamentally disagree on so many things yeah um and he's constantly like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. like what you know like the i like so i was like how i just hate having to switch files all the time to like deal with the same request and he's like What's wrong with switching files? Huge. Yeah. So many like, things. What, 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 what do you mean what's wrong with switching files? Like, uh, does it not kill you every time you switch files? Like, does your soul not just fall out of your chest? It's death by a thousand cuts, man. It's one of those things. Yeah. It's like, what? I mean, I could like cut my arm thinly and it doesn't even, I don't feel a thing. You know, it's like, bad. yeah, when you're bleeding out, you know, laying on the staircase then you know it's bad. Yeah, you know it's bad. And what's bad is like to add, like think of an app, right? Think of an app that's existed for a couple years, right? Like like uh, baseball football. Well, not baseball football, but uh, the other one, the other app that we've both worked on. Yeah, yeah. Right? The, the wizard, the wizard the app. The wizard app. Um, think of the wizard app. Now think about like, you know, adding categories or something to that app right yeah in a world where like in a world in a world where like the convention is like uh form requests and view composers right yep like just imagine imagine adding categories to that app to like categorize the things that the wizard is generating okay right you now in order you're gonna sit down and you're gonna be like okay i'm adding one model and one relationship to this app Uh right that's the ticket in front of me in Trello or whatever. Yeah. Right. 
okay, so what, how many files do I need to create in order to do this, yeah. right? And it's like, okay, well, first of all, I obviously need to create the model, right? And every model needs a migration. So I'm going to create a migration. So model and migration, right? Well, I'm going to need to write tests. So let, uh, I'm going to need a factory yeah. so that I can new this thing up in tests. So okay. now we're at three. Four, um, right? Model, migration, factory, test. Oh, I, I didn't count the test yet. Throw the test yeah. in there. So model, migration, factory, test, right? Yeah. Then I'm going to need to make a controller for the thing. A route. Uh, well, a route's not a new file. So that's... Okay. All right, we're talking new but files. No, but we need to open a new file. Yeah, too. yeah, that's so what... So it's it. another change of file. Yeah. Okay, so but the yeah, routes is the them. least painful, agreed. So number five, so, routes, six, controller. So model, model, migration, factory, test, controller. We're going to open the routes file. Yep. Right? Then we're going to create a form request for Got the it. thing yep. on the way in. Yep. Right? Uh, and we're going to create a view composer on the way out. And we're going to create a view... Yeah. Well, let's say we're going to create four views, uh, three views, right? For the thing. Three views? Yeah, because you've got your oh, index view. Oh, for the CRUD? View. We're doing yeah. CRUD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're creating okay, a model. Okay, all right. Right? Yeah, I so lost fingers. An, let's say thir- we've got an like index 12 view. or 13. We've got an index view. We've got a show view. We've got yeah, a... Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be generous and say the create and edit are the same view and it's being shared. Okay. Right? So... I, like, I mean, creating, even just one... I mean, you're underselling it. Because you're making it crud, mm-hmm. which there's a lot shared between those yeah. that crud. Just make it one slide, like one thing, like create post. You're talking like we just named nine, ten, ten files, ten yeah. files, ten files to add categories to an app. Heinous. And like that's not okay to me, right? right. Like, and it's things like there's a lot of things that don't bother me, right? Like, there's the people on Twitter who get so bothered about, you know, like SRP or, you know, whatever. The the programming doctrine guys, you know, okay, who yeah. are just freaking out about, you know, things on Twitter and programming principles and breaking the rules and all of that. Okay. That for me is like this because it just hurts me so bad to open like the ergonomics of it just feel bad, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I constantly realize how I underestimate the cost of creating a new file, especially like, so I had to create, oh, so I was, uh, this is another fun story I want to talk about. I made the Disney Trivia Night app fast. It was very slow and basically broken. And I think it's kind of a fun story why that happened. But, um, But to fix it, I had to know the queries being run. I installed debug bar. I uninstalled it. I used telescope. I removed telescope. I ended up with a middleware that literally did DB listen, added a count of queries, and ver dumped it at the end of the request. So that I could oh, literally yeah. just see the number of queries in the corner of the page. Yep. It's like the greatest debugging, the greatest like profiling tool ever. And I needed to create that middleware. And I was like, I realized that in my mind, I was like, oh, it's too much work. Like, there's got to be a simpler way. I kept like trying to think, like, can I do this in the controller? Can I do this? Like, where can I do this? Like, really, the middleware is the best place to do this because I need to start listening for queries at the beginning and, and even spit there, them out at the you're end. You're like, is there a way I can make? Can I just like make a middleware that calls a closure so I don't have to make a like a middleware yes. file? Decol. We should do that. We should do that. <gasps> this is tough like, because you can't define it. Like, what I would love is a route 
if you could add middleware to the route or route group like you do, mm-hmm. except this time, oh man, I bet you could freaking do this. I wonder if you can even do this right now. I would not be surprised if this is something that's already If this already is something supported. you can do right now, <laughs> you just pass a closure into arrow middleware on a route. It's over, man. Game over. Game over. Dude. I hope this is possible. Dude, I think it's... I bet you it's there. I feel if like I might there, have seen something like this. If it's like not this. there, this, this is like... Needs to be there ASAP. Oh, yeah. Agreed. So anyway, I realized in that moment... This is like two days ago. Yesterday. That I was... That the reason I felt like it was a big deal to do this... Is because I had to create a file. Yeah. It's just like overhead. You bear it on your shoulders. Even if you, I did artisan make middleware, but now I have to find that middleware. Oh, I have to manually put that middleware inside the kernel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have to get rid of the dock blocks or just deal with them and live with, you know, it's just like, it's not. So I talked to myself and I was like, self, this is not hard. You should just, you should just do it. And so I did, but I'm very aware of the pain involved in these little micro, this death by a thousand cuts, man. Yeah. Well, and it's like, so there's a really, there's a really good uh, YouTube channel out there about ADHD called how to ADHD. Okay. Um, and there's an interview that they did at one point with a guy who's like an ADHD researcher. Um, and he was talking about like the way that people with ADHD approach a task. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like you have a wall between you and the place that you want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's many ways to get to the place you want to be. You can climb over the wall. You can break through the wall, whatever. Um, But first you have to look at the wall for a while and be like, what, how am I going to climb over this wall? Or am I going to climb over this wall? Am I going to need a rope to climb over this wall? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I need to get before I start trying to get to the other side of this wall? Mm -hmm. Right. And to me, Every file transition adds a wall. Yeah. You know, every file transition adds another thing I have to think about and strategize about and like whatever. And there is something and this is I have such a hard time communicating this to people who don't have it innately. Uh, Maybe it's like a synesthesia type of thing. You know about synesthesia where like you fucking you hear colors or you know it's like a it's a thing that some people have whose brains are wired weird yeah where um and not to be normative about it but uh who you know like they experience senses in different ways right so like certain colors might have a particular sound to them yeah um and they like there's some wiring crossed in their brain um Mm. i look at code in a very visual way, right? Like, and I can see I'm way more capable of grokking code when I can see all of it on the screen at one time, right? Mm-hmm. And like, if I have to remember what was in the file I was just in while being in a different file, it adds enough cognitive load to have to like, you know, say like it's whatever, it's like a uh, view composer or not view composer, it's a form request and controller, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like doing work in both of those and I'm switching back and forth between those two files, right? Mm-hmm. While I'm working in the compose in the controller, I need to be maintaining a visual of what was going on in the form request. For sure. In my head, 
so that I know how it all works still. Yeah. Right? Yes. And if you add a third file, now that's another thing that I have to keep in my head so you know I can know like? how this all works. Lines of code are worth one uh, CSS specificity value point and methods are worth 10 and files are worth 100 in the same way that a tag selector in CSS has a specificity of one and a class has 10 and an ID has 100. It's the same thing. It's not like they all add an equal amount of overhead. So if you take this, these five lines and you move it to a different file, it's not like you've just kept the same amount of complexity, just moved it into a different spot. You've, it's now instead of five, it's 105, you know? Yeah. Like in terms- and it's the context switching that kills you, right? It's the, the break in visual continuity, at least yes, for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's the break in visual continuity that kills me versus looking at a live wire component. I am seeing the entire life cycle soup to nuts in one place. Soup right? to nuts. Which like. <laughs> is that a common expression? I think it is. It is. is it? Yes. It what is, does it mean? It's a, it's a fun one. It means how I used it. You know no, what I mean? It means. Like, where does it? Do you know where it comes from? I don't know the etymology. Okay. Of the thing. Because I picture like like balls nuts. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like right. soup to nut. I picture like putting like a hot bowl of soup ah, to someone's my nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like soup to nuts, man. Like not balls to the wall. Like soup to nuts. Dude, he just went soup to nuts. <laughs> Uh, anyway um man he just put his <laughs> don't put my feet to the fire don't put my yeah. soup don't put soup to my nuts <laughs> don't hold anyway. my feet to the fire okay feet um, to the flame. oh man that's funny Idioms. go on <laughs> um yeah so you got the live wire component but it's like the thing about the live wire component is like <laughs> i can see the whole visual layout of my feature right in front of me yeah and i'm not even really reading all the code right like it's, i'm kind of like softening my gaze and defocusing my eyes and i can just kind of see the shape of my code yep in front of me you know what i'm saying yeah there so Whereas, this is the big trade-off that's staring us in the face is that like why not write everything in one method right <laughs> index.php framework why not index.php framework and you right. know yeah so i mean there's uh, so the problem is scrolling has a cost mm -hmm. for one and I have, nesting I have has this. a cost. I have more on this. Here's the thing, right? Okay. The having to think about things that you shouldn't have to think about also has a cost. Yeah, right? exactly. So That's there are things perfect. that you yes. should be thinking about and there's things that you shouldn't be thinking about. Yes. And I want everything that I should be thinking about to be to in be one file. Insane. Exactly. And Ooh, then I want decoy. nothing that I shouldn't be thinking about to be in that file. Yes. And that is the art of all of this. That and is the, the art. The art of like framework building is the judgment to know what should the user be thinking about and what should they not be thinking about. And that's how you decide what you build into your app. Absolutely. Right? And so like the thing that everyone always hates on Livewire about, right? The thing that I we were talking about the other day where like the find method has multiple uh, APIs. It's on Laravel about, you mean? Yeah. Or, sorry, not Livewire. Watch your mouth. Laravel. <laughs> the thing everyone hates on Laravel about where like lots of methods can like accept different types of input. For sure. Um, and it's you don't have to like explicitly call like the from array method yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
what that is, is that's a decision to say, the user shouldn't have to think about what kind of input they're sending me. I'm going to know what they wanted to do and just do it, right? Yeah, I, that might be a bad example. I'm, I'm, it might or, be. It might be. Let's say a bad example. It's an interesting one, and we'll go down this road super quick because this mm -hmm. is what I've been thinking about with my key bindings for this VS Code course. It's basically like, in my mind, I believe I'm fixing key bindings as best as I can. Why mm -hmm. do key bindings suck? Because it's a million things you have to memorize. Who wants mm -hmm. to just memorize a million disparate things, you know? So what you do is here the... Laravel's approach to parameters is a perfect example of this that Taylor says instead of me creating six methods for one operation but you can pass in different things and you get different things out for example find like you discovered the other day if you pass one ID into find you get one thing back if you pass an array of IDs you get multiple things back right and if you pass an array that says ID arrow one you get a collection of one item which Not is relevant. the weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> that works against our case here. <laughs> Decable. The the few cases where it's not obvious and it, it does uh, bite you. But this is the thing is with Laravel, you expect that you can do session arrow set and you can set you can specify the key and the value. I also expect that I can specify as I can have an, an array with a key of multiple keys arrow value with multiple yeah. of them. I expect that. Because that's yeah. an idiom. So Taylor gets to use, he gets to only take up one memorization spot. It's, it's memory banks. It's cells. Mm -hmm. So I have mm -hmm. one memory bank for, for this pattern. And then I have another right. memory bank for the word arrow get. So yes. it's, it's conventions that take up less space and, right. and utilize each other as variables. And so the reason that those conventions are safe to put in separate files and that I don't need like the definition of the find method to be in my controller, right? Is because that's, that's something well, the I'm alternative going to use. would be like uh, db colon colon table where arrow first, like, you know what I mean? Like it's like where yeah, ID yeah. is. But arrow let me, first. let me make my, let me make my case here, right? It's because that's something I'm going to use all the time universally and so i can learn how it works one time and never learn it again right yeah, yeah. whereas if i'm going to take for a single model i'm going to make 11 files mm -hmm. right i'm only using those on this model so i now need to memorize what logic is in each of these 11 files so that i can work in my controller because otherwise i have to switch files constantly and that slows me down you know what I'm saying? No. Okay. I mean, I get this use, whole thing. I'm way yeah. on board. I if just, you're going to use logic that's not in your file, you need to know how it works, right? Yes. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's, for sure. It's, it's better like, to only move logic out of your file if it's logic that you're going to use all the time, right? If it's logic that you're just going to use for yes, this yeah, particular exactly. feature and or implementation, you, keep it in the file so that you can keep it visual. Yeah, you want the things that concern you at a, you want a thing, you want a view of the things that concern you, that the ideal here is to be able to see. You want them see, ready at hand. You want the ready at hand, but you want the outermost slice of it, the outermost slice where things differ of it, you know? Like, I want to know... I don't want to see your whole query builder with your arrow first and update and all that stuff. You can use colon, colon, create. That's great. 
because that's a convention and now I can see how he's creating this thing. I don't want to see if request arrow validate, if not request arrow passes, throw new validation exception with a custom message from your trans file mm -hmm. and then redirect back with the errors and old. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. the old, that's the alternative and, and Laravel has gotten more honed and honed about what things are shared and now we have request arrow validate. Yeah. And so that all that stuff is all common. That's the power of convention. Convention is one of the saviors of this story. And we get to look at just the thing that is truly unique, which is that the title field is required and yeah. is minimum of six characters. And then we get to look at the other thing that's unique that we're creating a post. So here's and the that we're sending argument. an email. Here's my here's not my counter argument, but I'm visualizing what Chris is saying in his head right now. Speak to me. Right. Chris is saying. You don't need to memorize all of the contents of each form request. You just need to know this type of work is always done in the form request. And so that convention is still your savior, right? And you just learn that over time, you learn that like if I'm looking for this kind of behavior, it's going to be in a file called webinar request because there's always a file called webinar request that has this validation logic for the webinar. Right. Yeah, but the problem is, so when you do, right, right, okay. When you add, when you add a field to a model, you now add it in your form request, but you're also doing work inside your controller with that field. That's the thing is like. And you have to add it to your migration and you have to, and you have to add, add it to, it to your, your migration and you add it to your factory. Yeah, so there is a world where a model is in charge of generating its own migration with a schema. So post.php has a, a method called schema where you can specify yeah. the fields and their types. It and has so this conversation a inevitably rules that has its validation rules and uh, and it has create it has all that stuff right in it. The this model conversation is inevitably takes you to blueprint, right? Um, or the like mm. Alexa build me an app. Right. Yes and no. I don't because think so. what? Well, I don't want to lose the the value at at the at an extreme that I don't. I don't know if it's an inevitability. But go on. So I think it inevitably gets to. Okay, the problem is that like when I have to make a change, I have to make it in a bunch of places, right? Yes. So what if I could just make that change in one place right. and then have all of those other changes automated? Right. Right. Um, which is an interesting question. So. Chris was like, you mean like blueprint, you know, and like we both kind of have like a eh kind of feeling about like that type of generator. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, but I, th I do think one of the things about Livewire that I really enjoy is that like when I'm making a new feature, I make it with an artisan command and then everything that I need for that feature is now created and you can right? alt click on the command output to get to those files as well. Yeah. And it's like two files and they're both created yep right yep um and they're named correctly and the casing is right on the names you, and, you think you of know. one thing you think of the name you put into at livewire that's all you think of yeah everything else is um, taken care of and so i do kind of uh think that there is a possibility for an artisan command that generates a lot of things to take a lot of this off my plate sure um 
but it can't this is the this is the thing it cannot use a configuration file right because then you're just adding files to deal with your file problem right you're like oh like i have a problem which is too many files and you know what the solution is a 12th file will save me from these 11 files right yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, but, it's just, it's... Uh, but I do think there's an opportunity for an artisan command where it's like, I want to like, you know, sca- like artisan scaffold Yeah, artisan model. feature. Artisan, I, yeah. I mean, artisan I do artisan feature. model hyphen MF to get the migration, the factory always. Every feature for me usually starts with artisan make model hyphen MF. Yeah, and so what if that was... And because I use Livewire, I do artisan make and then I'm good to go. Those are the two commands What if I that need. was... Uh, migration factory controller and like well see that's the thing is like because there's different styles and needs for different things yeah then bootstrapping tools like that start to break down like for me i'd be like i don't create controllers anymore like yeah i haven't made a controller in a long time yeah i don't know man i mean that's the balance i I, the the balance is somewhere in the middle you know the answer to all of this is this delicate balance i think the error is when the answer is build everything yourself and when the answer is yeah. build Alexa, have Alexa build everything. There's this, yeah. the beauty is strike. This is why closures are so beautiful because they allow you to give full control, but also have it Stay at the right in level. The context that you're in. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's this beautiful thing. Those are the things that I'm the most interested in, in terms of APIs and stuff like that. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, another, if, if, uh, if, if you are not on board with with our assertion of the cost of file switching, look at view single file components. Like nobody uses anything but those now. You know? Look at a React mm-hmm. component with the render method. That is stepping all over violation of concerns. But when you do it, you realize that it's beautiful. Like it is the separation of concerns. What's that? Separation. What did I say? You said violation of concerns violation of concerns violation of principles yeah that violation <laughs> of principles regarding separation of concerns there yes. should be a pattern called violation of principles it's like <laughs> anyway <laughs> this is not <laughs> vop yeah, anyway decol yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah right single file components when those came on when those came down from on high and we're like whoa i don't need to switch i don't need to be in a blade view and then also be in a javascript file to deal with a, a feature Mm -hmm. oh man beauty beauty well and like you know a really uh beautiful thing i learned from samantha geitz was the named render methods and react components instead of breaking out to a smaller component Mm, yes just switching on the just having interesting well no not even that just like having sub render methods that you call from within your render method right so like say Say like I have a a table, right? Mm-hmm. And that table has rows. Mm-hmm. Um, I could make a render row method. Yeah, and that just returns the JSX for a row. Gotcha. And so then instead of having a table component and a table row component, yeah. I still just have a table component that has a render row method. Yeah. And so then I just render all the rows right there. Interesting. Uh, and that way I don't. It saves me a file. Yeah. You know. And it's, it's, you know, a lot of the time you just don't want another component. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Truth, truth to, truth to that. There's some of the interesting live wire things that have been, that have occurred. What do you think? Truth to that. It's truth to that. 
um, the ways that Livewire is sort of like React in the sense that you have a render method and control over what that render method outputs. Um, that like similar patterns emerge, like in your render method, you could, you know, do a conditional and return two different blade views entirely. Yep. Or within your blade view, you could actually... Uh, what do you think about that pattern? Nah, I don't really use it, but I'm... Oh, you know what? It is a cool pattern. Here's a good use case for it. Um, a deferred loading component. I hacked on this with somebody like a couple weeks cool. ago. Yeah, I've done that type of stuff in React too. Yeah, deferred loading component that basically just is an if statement on a loading state. You can put it in a trait. Yep. And uh, that just returns like your stock loading blade view. And then when mm-hmm. the loading state with, with a wire init to then set loading to false, you know? like as soon as the page loads that then swaps the blade view out with the real one, which is freaking badass. So I think the main component, the main like game loop component of my game is, uh, going to be a single component that then has a lot of sub components rendered in it for the individual phases. Yes. Yes. Um, so there's going to be like like the pretty much the only, this is really the only time I nest components is when I'm doing this pattern the manager component and yep, the, managed, the manager component exactly it's the manager component yeah use it yeah. for everything use it for wizards use it for i use it on disney trivia night use it for data tables use it for i use it for tons of stuff and it's very for infinite load or you know mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that go on that's all that's all i had yeah i'm just like just wanted to make sure that i wasn't crazy no that's what's up and it's yeah. super efficient for that because the manager component when it makes requests back and forth it doesn't carry with it the dom of its children yeah and like the manager component it is going to have a little bit of its own dom like it's not a totally headless component um, yes right yes because it's going to be constantly displaying the scoreboard and what round we're in nice at the top of the page the cool right yeah and so it's like there's just like a little bit of dom and then a bunch of like you have the option logic. right like yeah, yeah if it's in the data table example it it has the headers and the checkboxes and the rows and yep, you know yep. might it might be in charge of trs and then just the child is in charge of its content in disney trivia night it has zero dom at all it just i think it has a wrapping div and then it just loads decides yeah. which so child that was to what load. i thought it was going to end up being but then i was like okay now what is the component for the scoreboard called like where does that live and i'm like oh yeah it should live just right in the game manager yeah. like that's a great place for it to live dope Dude, it sounds like you're using LiveWire well. It sounds like you I'm having fun, you dude. got your on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh last night me and uh friend of the show John um hopped on a Discord call for an hour and a half. And uh can I just I can't say enough good things about my good friend John. Um He's a swell guy. Swell guy. Um, I don't even know he, him that well, but every bit I know of him and interactions I've had with him, he's just like kind of yeah. a superior being type guy. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, for real. Um, anyway, he, um, I was like running up against that like organization wall of like I don't know what to build next, and you know, yeah, you know how projects are. I've been, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I relearn anyway, on every project, but so I just kind of said, you know, what would really help me is if you could just break down every state that the app can be in. Mm-hmm. And he went away and made a Google sheet. So he came back with every state that the app can be in and like what's happening on the main screen, what's happening on the player screens mm. in this state. Sweet. And so then yesterday we got on a call for an hour and a half and we went and made GitHub issues for every single state and we made an issue for each for the uh, player screen and for the game screen. 
um, and like broke it all the way down. And like now we have a picture of like the entire runway to build this the prototype of this game, hmm. which is like so good. Sick. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling great. A couple thoughts. I was about to, while you were telling me this, I was about, I was triggered to want to warn you about mm-hmm. some mistakes I made building Disney Trivia Night. Yeah. And then I thought, do I want to warn him? Was I wrong? Was I right? Which brought me to a couple other conclusions and I'm going to bring you through this really quickly. Yeah. I was in- initially tempted to warn you to not move too fast mm-hmm. and to like, then I was like, should I even warn him that he should write tests right now? I was tempted to tell you both of these things. Um, but I decided not to. So the story with Disney Trivia Night is that I built it, you know, in four hours at, you know, like the first sure, thing. Sure. So you can imagine how shitty it is. Like it was bad. Like I did so much logic in the views. You wouldn't even imagine. I mean, it was insane. Totally That's insane. Funny. Yeah. And so then every week is basically cleaning up after the mess. That's so fun. But it's dri- it's driven by the problems that people experience. So it's it was kind of my like most pure exercise of shed every every temptation to extract something or test something yeah shed it all like a uh butter like a caterpillar Uh in a cocoon just molt your skin yeah as a snake would (sighs) yes d cole shed the skin and go forth and just write the code that you need to get it to work as if you were a child who just learned php procedurally Mm -hmm. And get it done and then every week iterate every week it's like when i was a child i thought like a child right but now that i've become a man i don't know decal it's the apostle paul um decal so the thing is i've experienced yeah. pain from this i'm experiencing the pain so there's a really slow like the whole thing like you know the third week in would be like slow to a halt so that the management part of the app like hannah she would click which question to reveal the answers to once everybody in there putting their answers and like i'd be sitting there with my phone and it would just be stuck you know and then it got to the point so bad that last week we had to just skip that part and tell people the answers they couldn't see their answers on their phone Oof. it was so slow and i thought at first i thought this is because i'm using polling polling's messing it up all these requests hammering the server mm-hmm. not the case at all you can pull all day long and it's fine. It's so you, funny. Would you say you can pull till the cows come home? You can pull till the soup is brought to your balls. <laughs> but, you can pull soup to nuts. Oh, dude, I meant to say nuts. That's, I thought that sounded really crude coming out. It's like, but maybe that is the idiom. <laughs> soup to... <laughs> I've never said balls more time in one No Plants and Murder episode. We've never even breached that the topic of yeah we've never we've never gone to it so Uh (laughs) decal so Mm -hmm. i thought it was polling it's not polling i then thought so i switched it with pusher i used pusher love it i love it it's pushered out the whole thing yeah then i thought it's uh sequelite and uh it's not sequelite sequelite the whole thing is sequelite in production that's so wild. So it is such a wild person. I will admit, I think I mean SQLite is slower than MySQL, but the prop you can point the finger at everything, but at the end of the day, 
you just wrote your queries wrong. You just have too many queries that take too long and, and too many loops. And this is why Jonathan Rennick is going to become a billionaire. Yeah. Because I think we, the Laravel community, has spent like the last million years doing everything except writing your queries right. Yeah. Like every possible fix beyond just like, I guess I could just learn how to write good queries. <laughs> if you just, if you don't think about anything but just getting the job done, your app yeah. will be horribly inefficient. And I can tell you, and you'll be embarrassed in front of everybody, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And if I could go back, I wouldn't have done a thing differently. And that's why I stopped myself from warning you. Decole, go forth, build something useful, get it out there as fast as you can, get real people using it, iterate on things as the needs arise. And you will fix those queries when they're too slow. You will move to pusher when polling breaks down. That might be a good idea. But you know what? I didn't write tests. And you know what I do? I tell Hannah before that, I say, make sure you and Aaron go through the entire app <laughs> once. That's what I say. And it yeah. hasn't failed me once. We haven't had you any production You know what I'm going to do errors. instead of that is write tests. Um, and here's why. The version of the app I'm building now is very intentionally an uh, like a prototype that will be iterated on. And so there's going to be bits of functionality that I know are going to get totally rewritten, mm -hmm. but I need them to work the same later. So, uh, mm -hmm. like there's bits that are now based on polling that are later going to be based on pusher. Yeah. You know, there's bits now that are based on like some wacky, some wacky relationships that are going to get refactored and cleaned up down the road when like right now, like there's whole segments of the app that are not getting written right now. Right. Like we haven't figured out yet how we're going to deal with the board, <laughs> like the, f the literal center of the app, which is like the game board, yeah. you know, and like displaying it and animating changes to it and yeah. stuff. We have no idea how we're going to deal with that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're just not dealing with it. We're just writing a version of the game that doesn't require the board. Nice. Um, and it will be playable. And like all of the players joining the app, taking turns, getting a score, and then declaring a victor, mm. right? Like the whole loop of the app mm -hmm. is going to work fine without the board. But then later, we're going to probably write a React component or something that is the board mm. that we're going to stick into a Livewire component. Nice. Right? Um but we don't need to do that right now, you know? And so we're basically just like, okay, well, like, screw it. Like, let's write the app without the main part. And then, like, let's go back later and write the main part. Yep. That being said, there's a bunch of, like, global functionality, yeah. like the entire game loop that I want to test. Yes. So that when I go and start refactoring everything to build the actual game into yep. it, uh, it doesn't break. For sure. Makes total sense. I'm reminded of two things uh well one thing one like these are like big um revelation type things in my mind for me that i just want to shout them as loud as i can to everyone in the world the mm -hmm. first one is like do the right things at the right time like don't put too much too soon and don't put too much too late you know like if you if i had done everything right off the bat it wouldn't have got off the ground and i wouldn't have iterated as well and i wouldn't have yeah. created something as nice if i fail to catch up with myself and improve it and write tests as I do more refactoring and optimize the queries as it gets slower and switch to MySQL when I have a zillion people using it and all of those things, then then yeah, then you're, you err in that direction. Because yeah, 
you've been a part of you've seen a project stall because it's too much too soon and you and you've felt the pain of a project that's too little too late mm-hmm. oh, the balance between too much too soon and too little too late oh i feel like yeah it's poetic that yeah yeah Ooh, that's a tweet man for me so too much too soon the place the the, the balance everything in the world balance i'm, I'm going there tico Everything in the world, and this is no exception. Scope and work and anticipation and planning. Oh, it's no exception. My buddy Neil, who is he's a character. Um, he came over here earlier because he had some graduation hats, hats secretly shipped to our house. Um, because his wife just graduated from like a social work program cool. and like. There's going to be like a Zoom yeah, graduation yeah. party. That's awesome. And he didn't want to ship them to his own house. So anyway, he uh, he, had, he came over to grab the secretly shipped graduation hats. And we ended up having this whole conversation about like ethics and labor and work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like trying to cause the least harm while earning money, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it was it was like a really interesting, good conversation. And at one point he was like, you're not really an energy guy, are you? <laughs> like what do you mean what do you mean i'm not an energy guy he's like you know like energy and like putting stuff out into the universe and stuff oh, like that oh yeah like, an energy guy <laughs> i was like you mean like the secret <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he was like well not exactly but kind of in that direction and i was like nah i mean i think intentions matter and that was like the end of it but anyway it just reminded me the uh the too much too soon too little too late thing just felt like something an energy guy would say and that everything is balanced you know yeah you could interpret a lot of that stuff you know everything is truly balanced at the end of the day so it doesn't matter what you do (laughs) yeah that's not what i meant by everything i didn't mean everything is balanced i'm with you though i enjoy the humor that you're enjoying right now okay cool um so that is that oh and the other thing is something else that uh that i'm forgetting at the moment and i won't uh make you sit here and wait until i think about it but but man revelations man project yeah. building oh Oof. dude this feels like a i'm interested to listen back to this episode when i have to remember what it was about so i can write a title um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh it really feels like i can't imagine how all of these things tied together <laughs> all the different things we've talked about in this episode right but it felt so effortless getting from there to here yes so they Entirely must have tied effortless. together somehow and i'm really interested to discover what that was yeah there's some unified title that yeah some unified field theory yeah. of this whole thing oh man maybe it's just called unified field theory. <laughs> balance man yeah i don't know Everything but these are balanced. these are the truths the man Porzio story no <laughs> everything should i mean the what all like truth is balanced that is the caleb horsey story truth is balanced absolutely truth is balanced yeah man balance man balance is when you hold two things at the same time one's heavy one's light and Mm. you are in the middle you are balanced Mm. good and evil uh, you ramdas much i love ramdas good for the listener if you're not ramdasin Go get you some Ramdas in your life. You'll be better for it. Absolutely. Solid. Solid stuff. Solid, solid stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. For real, buddy. though, 
can we call it balance or something? I mean, balance. It's all about balance. I, I mean it. I mean it in the yeah, deepest we're, way. We're gonna have to see what the second listen turns up. <laughs> you know, who knows? There might be something in there like uh, improvisational knot tying. You know. Oh, this is the other one, really quick. The other revelation, and I heard. Oh, Devin, Devin, the head of GitHub sponsors, Devin. She uh-huh. has a blog, and it's wonderful. And there's this part in her bio or about or something, and I loved it. It was like a quote from someone like, "Don't hold." Oh, her beef with holding in with uh, holding internally consistent ideals, or like, you're or you're making sure that your thinking is internally consistent. Her her issue with it is like so to you know like internally cons. What, what would how would you say this? Like if like you want to make sure. I'm sorry, that- I'm lost. Where where is she? Does she publicly have a beef with internal consistency on the blog? Yeah. Well, no. Okay. I mean, it, it's a it's a position that she's held and revised. Where okay. at first you hold the position to have internally consistent arguments or whatever. Sure. So for me, it would like make sure my coding philosophy is internally consistent, so that yep. I don't love one thing, hate another thing, and they don't. There's no harmony between those. You know, because then it's just yep. me going on whims. So you use that metric of are these things internally consistent to guide yourself. So she's like revised it or quoted somebody revising it, basically being like, yeah, like strive for internal consistency, but listen to your gut because otherwise, you know, you'll just entrench your own pattern. Like, like listen to your gut and go with your gut, even if it's not internally consistent and let it inform the other things. Cause that's what challenges. I forget how she put it. Well, And yeah. And the interesting thing about it, right. Is like, I think th- at the end of the day, like truth is internally consistent, right? Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go with your gut. It just means that the consequences of going with your gut are going to probably mean that you're going to have to revise what you thought was true before you went with your gut, right? Because for sure, I don't. Gonna- I, I, tr- truth is internally consistent. A big one, but we can just say, I don't. I guess. Hmm. <laughs> well, truth. I think is, it's true. <laughs> of course, you think it's true. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you always think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, truth. This is, I mean, bigger, but like truth. What is truth? Like, how can whatever it is, it's <laughs> internally consistent. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess what is it? What is it that you define as true? I, so for me in the context of the things I've been I would, saying. Honestly, like, I know this is like an unhelpful answer, but like, I would define truth as like the great internal consistency. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I agree, Decole. Like the thing that is it's internally consistent. circular definition. Things. Yeah. Because really what you mean by saying something is true, meaning that it's internally consistent with the universe. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say <laughs> something's true. like bullshit. <laughs> uh abstract thing to say but i get it i definitely feel it but dude either everyone's gonna come out of this episode like just feeling like they're walking on clouds you know (laughs) like they've just like really like encountered something about themselves in the universe or they're just they've spent the last 20 minutes just like scratching their head like what are these fucking trained monkeys talking about that's really more likely but the the internal how i feel when i listen to the joe rogan podcast right because like half the time he's like really well yeah half the time he's just like too high right (laughs) but then like the other half the time he's like he's reaching for something real 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he, the guy does have a good instinct. Sure. About things. Oh yeah. Um, but then half the time he's just like, what? And the, the crazy thing about the, how the monkeys ate the DMT is, you know, <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, that's, that's that decal. So the, the, mm. uh, I, I'm going to let this horse die, but the internally consistent thing, like, so if I am saying like, oh, I need to write to like go shedding all of my, hmm. Sometimes you have to just go with what your heart wants to go with, even if it. you have to let yourself directly counter yourself. You have to let yourself do the opposite of what you know is right, if a part of you wants to do that, so that you can discover the value there and inform what you believe is right, you know? Exactly, yeah. And I, I think... You have to let yourself write garbage code for an app and not write any test. You have to let yourself not do TDD to see if there's something there. If a part of you wants to not or is tempted, you have to do it. And everyone moves forward, right? Like everyone moves forward and you can either move forward driven by explosions in your past. <laughs> this is really good. Or you can be good. pulled gently forward on a thread. Oh, I liked the first part of that better than the last part, but it's they're both good. But regardless of how you get there you're going to move forward right yeah and my experience has shown that i'm happier and i feel more in line with the great internal consistency when i allow myself to be pulled gently forward on a thread and sometimes that means not doing tdd Mm. you know like going with your gut is the same thing as being led you know like sure Sometimes you just need to allow yourself to be led. Yeah. Um, yes. And trust that like you and your gut and whatever cosmic forces are operating in the universe are going to get you to where you need to go. You know? And if you find light, you use it to guide others. And then that turns into its own form of entrenchment. That and it's threads all the way down. It's threads all the way down. But it's the process. That is, that is the process. The, that is the worthwhile process and work of mm-hmm. craft. Well, and, and like life. the thing is that at the at the at the end of the day, right? There's something in Ashley's knots and Erdenay's and Emily Post's book of manners mm. and uh, elements of style. Mm-hmm. There's something in all of them, and it's the same thing. Uh, just sort of applied across disciplines, right? Like we talked about in right. the in the the elements of style episode yeah, right totally. like and if you can start to isolate what that thing is right that's the great internal consistency right that's the the truth thing and when you start to feel what it feels like when that tugs on you then you can trust your gut a lot more yeah it's the truth being the great internal consistency is like one of the the best things i've heard ever and something that i've been off, like baby. getting at for a long time that like my gut metric for what is true is generally that does this thing when i encounter something that i believe as true is mm-hmm. um like so uh like um uh like the 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 jesus message that seems mm-hmm. to resonate with lots of people you know interreligions and things like mm-hmm. that like this general, you know, this thing that has resonated, resonated with me forever, despite my religious, uh, you know, comings and goings, um, 
it, it like landed and stuck probably because it's so internal internally consistent the ideas of like inside like inside of the cup outside of the cup thinking like um mm-hmm. you know being uh like uh what what like um uh what what give me like the the teaching or whatever on like the the dirty cup thing i don't know about the dirty cup thing what are you talking about right like um Dude, I'm totally I blanking. I have a thing. No, it's okay. I have a thing I've been waiting for. Um, when you were at Titan, you your big fight was internal consistency. Right? Like that was your big battle at Titan. Um and there was a particular instance of that battle that I really liked, which was the one about lunch. Do you remember your lunch battle? Where you were like the in and really out. asking oh. to be told whether lunch counted towards the eight hours that you worked in a day or not. Yes. Right? Yeah. And like you were like, okay, so here's the deal. Everyone's saying just be professional and work an honest eight hour day. Yeah. Right? And they're also saying take as much time as you need for lunch, you know, whatever's reasonable. And I just want to be told like, yeah. am I, is this... Like, do I need to work a nine-hour day if I take a one-hour lunch? Do I need to work a 10-hour day if I take a two-hour lunch? Yeah. Like, if I take a four-hour lunch, how long of a day do I work, right? And, like, that that was – I really liked when you did that, right? And I think I, on the one hand, argued the, like, just chill out, man, position, mm. which I think is a valid position. I fight um, that position more often than not. <laughs> but, like – but I liked that you did it because it like ex- it exposed a crack and you stuck a wedge in the crack and you said, all right, let's get down to business. What's a billable hour? Is lunch a billable hour or is lunch not a billable hour? Because yeah. like we're saying one thing over here, we're saying another thing over here. And like if I really take it to its logical conclusion, I get to an internal inconsistency. Yeah. And like you need to answer this, right? And ultimately everyone's like, dude, chill out. Everyone's got to eat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that instinct is like a good instinct, right? And I think it's one of the things that makes both of us the type of developers who are dissatisfied with things like switching files or, you know, where it's just like, I don't know. It feels like the ethos of good programming wouldn't want me to do this and yet this seems like all the people who are into good programming are now moving in this direction like what's going on Mm. right Mm -hmm. these two things don't seem to go together Mm -hmm. you know um and i think that you know like uh, this is not like me saying like being like an annoying complainer is a good thing you know but like sometimes i think being an annoying complainer is a product of the fact that like I just have a hard time seeing how all of this fits together. Hmm. Um, and I really think that like with just a little bit of tweaking, all of these things could fit together beautifully. And like, there could be some sort of like harmonious yeah, I mean, there, thing at the center of this. And and there isn't, but, but you have to try to get there. I mean, that's the thing we've talked about yeah, a bunch is exactly. like, you do have to that's try what to get it is. there or people else telling, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like people, uh, how many times have, have other people who listen to the show? This is a common thought of the listener is like, Caleb, you're, you're chasing something that doesn't exist. You're looking for, 
the consistency in all. You're looking for a unified theory of programming that may, that allows you a framework of thinking that that makes every decision for you. You know, yeah. but no, like what I'm after, I'm looking for that, and in the process, I will find everything I need. You know what I mean? Can I be? Can I be honest? That search uh-huh. is what. That is the only worthwhile thing to do because that's where you discover. Anyway, go on. The feeling you feel when the listener tells you. Uh, sorry, the listener the is such a freaking. <laughs> the feeling you feel you? When, the, when the user tells you that you're looking for something that doesn't exist. That's the same feeling I feel when you tell me the answer's somewhere in the middle and you should just use closures instead of making an artisan command to write your apps for you. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So what I was doing, I so was preventing saying, you from. You were preventing me from, from. Well, no, no, no. Having... Here it is. Here it is. This is getting crazy. So here, the first layer, the first level is, mm-hmm. this is about to get. Uh, okay. The first level is um, write apps. Uh, every app is unique and requires its own customization. Right. Right. And then. The, the subsequent levels are like, oh, what if we could make this part easier and that part easier and that part easier? And then you go, wait a minute. This goes all the way to Alexa, create me an app, right? Right. So it's useful to think about that, Alexa, create me an app, because there's lots of gold in those hills. You'll challenge the notions of, do we even need a framework? Can we be, should we be using Salesforce for our apps? Forget Salesforce. What, what, should we what use are controllers this, for? then that and Google Sheets for our yeah. entire application yeah. so that we can Alexa, make me an app? Very useful yeah. to go there. But what you, the thing, uh, I think I'm calling you out, maybe not, but the thing that you were doing that I do and Mitch, we, we got to this like early on, is basically using the end as a, as a way to discredit the whole field in the middle because the polls exist. It's like, because what you said to me was, was like, it um, was like, oh, well, this is another thing that leads all the way to Alexa make me an app. And then I'm like, no, no, I'm not willing to give it up to Alexa make me an app. You, but you, here's the thing. You think I'm treating Alexa make me an app as a thing that discredits things, right? Yes. I'm like, oh no, you're just talking about Alexa make me an app. I'm not. I actually want Alexa make me an app. This is a real thing that I actually want. But when we, when I go to Alexa make me an app, it doesn't work. But you haven't. No, no. When I go, like I know for me. I don't want Alexa make me an app. Right, but I do. So when I hear you say that, I see I don't want that. And I don't because want the other side of this. I don't want to hand roll my own PHP lamp stack, you know, app. Mm-hmm. I want this this beautiful place in the middle. Everything I love is in this place in the middle that's torn between the two sides. That place that exists in balance, suspended. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. So that's I why. Maybe, so I was like. Being like, no, decode, don't take it there. Don't let the pulls pull you away from the middle. But you have to try and, this is what I'm saying. You have to try and build Alexa Make Me an App. So that Absolutely. you can, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, no. It's, sometimes you have to not do TDD. Sometimes you have to do Yes, you Alexa have to Make go to the polls. So that, yeah, you have to visit the North Pole and the South Pole. Absolutely. So to that you've seen a real penguin. Florida is the best place so, in the world. Yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Shout out Walt Disney. And polls um, is a bad example because both polls are like the same poll. So really, it's, it's very similar. Like, what yeah. we're really after is the difference between Florida and the North Pole, which is temperate yeah. Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York. So Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Asheville, North Carolina, baby. We got elevation. Sub. Yeah, no, I mean, but you're... 
That's closer to the pole. Buffalo is right in the middle. Is it? I would think so. Pretty icy up there, baby. <laughs> it is snowing right now. <laughs> it's May and it's snowing. April yeah. showers are supposed to bring May flowers. <laughs> well, yeah, in normal places, not in oh, not in the death zones. So these pull. So Mitch and I used to get caught up in this because when we first started like exploring the depths of the world, when you first started like arguing for fun. Yes, and it was in the garage that had the old truck with the oh. guitars. And we would scribble all over the walls and everything. It was my brother's garage and whatever. We didn't care. And scribbling everywhere, you know, writing out. We were trying to get to the bottom of like, basically, I think like objective truth or something. I don't know. Right, right, right. But you end up in the relativism loop like in no time. You end up like oscillating between, you know, you end up in a loop. And then you get so tired of ending up in that place when you argue all those things. That you just go, ah, it's a loop, who cares? You know, it's like, get to this like jaded, hardened place of being like, oh, we can't even go down that road because it's just going to take us to the loop. So we've learned that we just don't, we don't credit anything that involves the loop. So it's like in my, I I was probably using that reflex to be like, no, don't Alexa make me an app this. I don't want to Alexa make me an app this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I feel gently pulled forward on a thread towards Alexa make me an app right now. So yeah, no, no. And I think that is i'm more and more i'm reminded i'm torn between these these poles within the livewire design of like should livewire be this framework barebone tool set that has is like a framework for listening for javascript events and firing ajax requests to run php code or should it be something that is this blur of front end and back end and you don't see the lines as well yeah. and it's this back and forth like should you do a form request or a, a file upload with side loading and do all this like stuff with Alpine to make it work? Or do I have a blur, wire colon model on an input file element? The thing about the blur is that the blur will either be excellent or terrible. Yes, right? it's true. It's like and the blur will the get blur, integrated and it will become the, the new mm-hmm. or it will blur, be, re- be rebelled against. If the blur became, if the blur was implemented perfectly right like if you like went away and did some ayahuasca and came back and like built the blur right in like a weird sweat lodge state right Mm -hmm. like and just like you were totally inspired for a week and like you know you you lived on like lemons and water um and you just kind of like created this like beautiful blur like it could be like the dopest shit ever right um or you could like kind of exasperatedly create the blur because like you can't come up with a better solution and like you build something and you put because it out you're with... overexcited and you just were that yeah, yeah and you can you could make something that's just dog shit <laughs> that like that just like is just rife with problems you yeah. know yeah it's it's an interesting one it is the balance it is all the balance one of the, a thought that i am having right now that i've had a bunch of times with this liveware thing is like i I I try to only I only there's so many times I want to go a direction but I'm just so hesitant now that like I only go a direction if I think it's this sounds so stupid I can't even verbalize what I'm thinking but like I only go a direction if I think it's the right way like if it's so obvious to me that this is the right thing and I think I've only done that to this point for the most part and it's created like a nice something that's pretty far out you know off the base of what we know as normal programming that feels good still 
because of like only stepping on rock solid stones for myself api wise um i'm gonna back out of this it's pretty flighty i got some i got some thinking to do on how to verbalize that better but what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact it's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times we might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Can you read that again? What used to be the hunch or occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Hmm. You want to cue the outro music? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cue the outro music. Pro music. Wait. Now. 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 <laughs>